Well, hello. Hello, America. Welcome to the world. Welcome, viewers. Yes. This is The Daily Answer, your host, Mark Dunnigan. You know, God has, and this is something that impressed me. I was a while back listening to an Excel Still More podcast by Chris Emerson. And my wife and I enjoyed lunch with Chris back in November of 2022. And on that particular podcast, he observed that God has invested in us and that we should, and that, that, that should make us pause. What is God's investment in me? You know, in the parable of the talents in the book of Matthew chapter 25, the master does not give the increase. The master does not go out and um, make the profit. The master provides the capital for for the investment. You know, you got five talents, you got two talents, you got a talent. Let's see what you what you can do with that, what you can do with that capital. You might say he gives them the seed money, right? And he gives them the, the raw materials for success. And yet they need to provide the effort. And you might say probably he's give them some training because he would not select them unless he had some confidence in them. You know, and, and that story is simply a good reminder that God has invested in each one of us because each one of the service is given something. He plants, he's given us the raw materials to succeed and become amazing Christians. Now, we could also go a little bit farther and point out that he's given us the death of his son and resurrection for our sins. And that was a major investment in the human race and in each one of us. God so loved the world that if he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. That's also on an individual level. Or Paul took it on an individual level in Galatians 2.20. Not just that Jesus died for the world, but he specifically died for me as well. Well, it made me think a little bit about, so where has God invested in each one of us? And among other things, you know, what would what 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 could you would you consider to be that investment? What does it look like? Um, what sort of capital does that look like? What what do the raw, raw materials look like? And I don't know I just started kind of brainstorming that a little bit and said, well, your abilities, your talents, you know, what you're good at, uh, your intellect. Your brain power, that's an investment. Being born into a home with two Christian parents and growing up surrounded by an extended family of Christians is a huge investment. In fact, I just not that long ago had received an email from a father whose son was recently baptized. And grandparents and extended family were either present at the baptism or watching it like via Zoom or through something like that, some online medium. How, and, and not only that, but um, how about the opportunities that God has given us to hear the truth, to grow, to learn? How about the, the great people that have come into our lives? It could have been a teacher, a mentor, the first boss you ever had. 
the neighbor next door, the guy that would be working in his garage and he would, you would go in there and he'd talk to you or whatever. But what about these amazing people that are in you past that you might say, you know, they had a, a really, they had a large part in the way that they shaped me. That, that would be investments. You know, remember in the parable of the talents, as I noted, the master invested in each servant, even the man that was given one talent, an investment was made in him. He was giving something, which means that everyone can be successful in serving and pleasing God. That is not an impossible task. How about good health? A sound body, a sound mind and body. Uh, man, there's a lot of areas where God has invested in us. And so, boy, some of this should really make us ponder. So when we read the Bible and the Bible tells us to get rid of certain things, and, and some of them might be like sins that we think we can't live without, but you got to get rid of that. You can't do that anymore. And also when the Bible tells us we need to put on qualities, fruit of the spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and following. And, and you think about like, boy, I'm not sure if I'm up to that. I'm not sure if I'm capable of that. A husband is told to love his wife as Christ loved the church. And a man might say, I don't know. I don't know if I have the resources to do that. Or you're told to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You go like, wow, uh, I, man, I'm not sure if I can be consistent at that. And anytime that kind of doubt enters in, first of all, God knows you better than you know yourself because God made you. So you might think, I can't do that, not able to do that. But if God says you can do that, then we need to adjust. We need to adjust our perspective and, and say, oh, well, okay, I think I'm capable of a lot more. And man, I think that's one of the problems sometimes we have. We have these low expectations and maybe the culture gives us those or somebody gave us those or someone said, well, you can really, you know, I, I remember, and I was talking to my wife about this a while back. Um, were there any mentors in your life as far as work were concerned about, like a career? Anyone told you, pulled you aside like, hey, have you thought about doing this for a career? Now, I can't really remember that. I remember my mom really wanted me to go to college. and It was typically lawyer, doctor. Okay, lawyer, want to be a lawyer, doctor. Um. And I know I would not have been good at either one of those. That was not my skill set. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anyone who really pulled me aside and said, and then she said, well, what about high school? What about a, what, a guidance counselor, right? A career counselor in high school. And all I remember is that you went in and did a few menial tests, like putting blocks and how fast your hands could work. And I was working at the grocery store at the time. And the teacher that gave the test said, well, maybe that's what you should do for the rest of your life. Boy, that, <laughs> you know, like, no, like, well, here, have you, have you thought about, do you realize that out in the world, there are people that do this, 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 and this and this? 
And that's, I guess, why it's good to just job shadow as many people as possible. That's, I think, also why it's great to have your kids involved in a church, a congregation that's faithful, not only their salvation, but in that congregation, there's going to be a lot of male mentors of men that are successful and running a small business or whatever. And boy, there's nothing like that hands-on job shadow type of thing to find out, oh, well, I never knew anyone did something like this. Or, okay, now I see why they're successful. Now I see the skill set that I would need to have if I decided to start my own business. And that way, instead of letting other people tell you what you're good at or or worse, like, well, you'd never be good at that. Oh, don't even think about that. Why, why are you thinking about that? You know, I've no, I don't know. I, I think back in high school and junior high school, basically I had the philosophy that let's say you took chemistry and it, it, it was a struggle. Okay. And you got like, like I did, I got a C. I took chemistry either sophomore or junior year and just like C. Okay. And that told me, well, you're no good at that. So even, don't even think about ever being a chemist. And that is actually the wrong way to view that because there's a lot of people that have become engineers and physics majors and chemists and et cetera that flunked out the first time they got or that got to see the first time they went around. Doesn't mean that they were any good at it. it. It typically means that in those type of fields, there's a learning curve. And there are very few people that walk into a physics class and they ace it without really any help at all, without getting into a study group or whatever. And yeah, they're a genius, but usually you need about six other people to keep that genius from destroying the company. So there's downsides of being a genius as well. But for most of us is, man, don't you, you, young person, listen to this, you go into algebra and it's like, you just struggle through algebra and you get a C. That does not mean that you're bad at mathematics. Take it another time, take another math class or whatever, go and do it again or whatever. And also ask specific questions and get some help and one-on-one -on -one sort of tutoring that someone really can explain it to you well. Um, yet don't, don't count yourself out of the game uh, in like the first lap. The same would be th true in preaching. You get up, you give a lesson. It's not the best lesson. Well, every every preacher's first lesson is not the best lesson, okay? Um, keep working at it. Keep improving yourself. That's the reality for most people. Um, God gave you some abilities and raw talent and he set you up for success he's given you five two or one talents okay but he's given you the capital and whatever in the bible he wants you to do you are capable of doing that and don't say well man i remember a year ago i tried to teach someone the gospel and it didn't go well doesn't mean you're a bad teacher doesn't mean that you're not meant ever to teach or do personal evangelism it just need, means that you need to improve and get better at it. All right. Mark Dunnigan for the Daily Answer. Remember, God has invested in you. And don't waste it. Don't waste that raw material. Don't leave anything, you know, like, don't, 
Don't leave a whole bunch of gifts that God has given you unopened when you die, or very rarely used. We'll see you in the funny papers.